We back. Back in my homie crib, nigga, top floor. In the back room with just the one little small window, nigga. <laughs> the light be coming through it in the morning. Old ass walls and shit. But it's just like I remember. Just like I wanted it. Yeah, I'm working. Yeah, I'm working, nigga. Look. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and we are back, John, after a two-week hiatus. Um, Almost three weeks? Maybe two weeks. I don't know. A lot happened, though. Yeah, I think it was uh, two weeks without a show, but we really hadn't recorded in about three and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, we had to take a break. The season's ended in a kind of a heartbreaking manner and you know it doesn't make it that fun to watch other teams um do well especially when i still get i still think we could have beat the patriots Mm, i'm not sure if i agree with that (laughs) i mean they completely dismantled the rams of course they did i mean mcveigh didn't mcveigh didn't adapt no, he and didn't adapt. As much, as much shit as everybody gives Bill O'Brien for having a game plan, a game plan offense, it's kind of he's designed it in a way to go against the Patriots. Like that's the ultimate goal. So yeah, I think we could have done better than the the Rams did against the against them. I think I think we would have had a good shot at them this year in the playoffs. I I really do. No one's gonna take that away from me. No, I mean we just shit the bed again. We just shit the bed against the Colts. If we had somehow pulled out a win against the Eagles. Oh, yeah. It would have been a completely different situation. Yeah. We wouldn't have ran out of steam. It would have been a completely different situation for sure. Uh, all right. So lots going on in Texans land right now. Uh, and I don't know. Where do you want to begin on the coaching staff? Uh, I mean, with Carl Smith, uh, probably the probably the name that we should start with, right? Or do we want to go to Tim Kelly? You got to start with the OC. Okay, so let's start with the OC. So Tim Kelly promoted from tight ends coach where he's been the last two years. Uh, Previous before that, offensive line, uh, like assistant, uh, was with Bill O'Brien at Penn State. Uh, Defensive-minded coach, uh, basically coached defense most of his time uh, coaching at Penn State, uh, made the switch now to the offense, and now – he is the de facto offensive coordinator. And all I keep hearing, the good thing about taking this break, John, was I was able to really like kind of take in what everybody's saying and not like give my gut reaction. I was able to kind of hear everybody's opinions and, and, and thoughts on the situation. And there seems to be a lot of negativity around Tim Kelly being promoted. Yeah, I keep hearing the term nepotism. Yes. Which... How? I mean, that's. Have you ever worked for a job and got a promotion? Is that nepotism, dude? He just worked for Bill O'Brien. There must be a reason why he worked for Bill O'Brien. They're not family. They're not related. Uh, they're not. As far as I know, he's not marrying off to uh, Bill O'Brien's uh, bastard daughter. I mean, oh. this is not nepotism. This is a guy. Ooh. I know, right? Uh, this is a guy that he's doing something his boss likes, yep. and he gets promoted. Yeah. 
that's all it is. It's kind of weird. I mean, if it was just him kissing ass, like that's really not going to work with Bill O'Brien. I mean, it's kind of weird. It's almost like America, but in the NFL, it's like work hard, get recognized, get promoted. I don't know. It's kind of how my career has worked out. I'm not sure. How about you, John? Yeah, that's typically how it works. And he's not somebody's son. No, no offense to Shanahan, no offense to, you know, the thousand other NFL coaches that are all somebody's son. But I actually like the fact that he is an outsider. He did play a little. He has earned every promotion along the way because he had to. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't move up in the NFL unless you're well connected and it's usually through family. Yeah. It's just, it's a close knit fraternity and I actually get more aggravated if we had hired, I don't know if we'd hired McVeigh, McVeigh's unborn son, which at this rate is probably, he's probably already got a job. Yeah. He's like, works. he's like LeBron junior's Le- LeBron James's son. He's already got a Nike deal and he's ready to go. He's, he's, I think he said, isn't Bronny like already signed to Duke, right? Like he has a four year. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. He has a full ride offer already from, from, from Duke. But I mean, that's more how the NFL goes. And this guy is not a coach's son. He's not, he's somebody that had to work to get to where he's at. So I have no problem with it. You can't judge him. He hasn't, he hasn't called a game yet. He hasn't implemented an offense yet, but everybody's got to start somewhere. There's a lot of OCs that started out as tight ends coaches. Sean McVay being so one of them. I think that, it, I think he's going to be okay, especially, and I like, I like the move a lot more because we did bring in Carl Smith. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Carl Smith in a little bit. Um, what I'm wondering is who did you want them to bring in? Not you specifically, but just the listeners and like Texans fans. Like, did you want them to go with Mike McCoy? Did you want them to go with John D. Filippo? Did you, I mean, where, did you want them to go with, uh, who's the guy that was in Seattle and then went to Oakland and then back to Seattle, um, Bevel, Darren Bevel? I mean, who who did you want them to hire? It would be a recycled OC. And guess what? I got news for you. Just like good franchise quarterbacks, good offensive coordinators are not available. Like, that's not the way it works. Good OCs either get promoted or they stick around. That's that's really all there is to it. There's no reason for him to make lateral moves to another OC position to a new team to get adapted to a whole all new personnel, uh, and also get acclimated to how a head coach runs his team. So th- I really don't know what other options people thought we actually had. I I prefer to promote within. I think it's I, I think it says a lot about the team and its philosophy. Not only that, like you have to think. If, if this works out properly in the way that it, it could and should work out, he's in, in a year or two, dependent on how the offense goes, and we've seen what the potential of this offense is, he's likely going to get other opportunities. So if you continue to promote within, it's going to be an easier transition as this continues. So I don't know. I, I like the hire. I don't really see an issue to like with it as far as like being upset about it. I think it's just Texans Twitter finding something to complain about, which is what they do. But I, I just think that I think we need to wait and see just as, as anything else that we do and see how it works out. Uh, I'm I'm optimistic about it. 
Uh, I do think he will call plays while most people seem to think that he won't. It'll be very similar to the Godsey situation. Um, and that's that. We have an offensive coordinator. This is exactly what everybody asked for, John. Right? Yeah. This I is mean, what people what were it, screaming for. Everybody was screaming, we need an OC, we need an OC. He better go hire an OC. Oh, wait, not that one. Exactly. Exactly. And but this move does, doesn't make a lot of sense unless you can get an experienced quarterbacks coach that can take over and help on the offensive side and basically support Tim Kelly on the offensive side of the ball. Why not bring in one of the most veteran and experienced quarterback coaches in the league in Carl Smith and look at what he has done with Russell Wilson. I mean, could you ask for a better quarterback coach right now, John, than who we got? I honestly, like, no matter what we did this offseason, this could likely be the biggest move that we've made we made. I don't think that's overstating it. No, it's a I think it's a great move. It's somebody that no matter what, he's not going anywhere. This is what he wants to do. He wants to coach quarterbacks. He got promoted at Seattle to the associate head coach, and part of the reason we were able to to pull him away is he was like, I don't want to do this. I want to coach quarterbacks. The other part of it was his son, which yeah, well, whatever his son is his son's the assistant special teams coach again not a big fan of you know but he's he's the dad at least he's not the kid right but he's i mean he's been around he's seen everything he's been he was with pete carroll for almost 20 years yeah he was in he was with him in new england he was with him in usc he's been with him since his time in seattle and i mean and he's going to be able to bring a lot of perspective from what worked for Russell, what what he was able to do, how he was able to prepare. Because I mean, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson do have a lot of similarities into their in their game, and hopefully, that helps out. I mean, I, it can't hurt, and it is a complete outsider to to the Bill O'Brien system. He has nothing to do with anybody Belichick. Yep, it's all he comes from Pete Carroll. That's it. So for everybody that was talking about Bill O'Brien only hiring yes-men, the chances of Carl Smith being a yes-man are very, very slim. Bill O'Brien doesn't have the experience that Carl Smith has. I wouldn't be surprised if Carl Smith will challenge Bill O'Brien, which is exactly what we need in this offense right now. We need somebody who is confident, knows the game at the level that Carl Smith does, and be willing to say, look, coach, I don't... I don't think that's going I don't think that's going to work. I think this is what we should do. I think I think when you can have those kinds of things happening in the coaches room when they're talking and going through tape, you're just adding to what is already there and and you're making the adjustments necessary to succeed and uh I think Carl Smith is going to be an outstanding hire. I I do think that uh, outside of us no, I don't see anything in free agency where like this this could potentially top it. Like you said he wants to be a quarterback's coach. Uh, this is, you know, he's had opportunities to do other things. He doesn't want to do it. And if he can do what he did for Russell Wilson with Deshaun, Deshaun's going to be a much better quarterback. It's that simple. Yeah. And where did this narrative that O'Brien only hires yes men come from? Yeah, I don't really know. I, I think a lot of it has to do with God, like him promoting his guys. I think people think that when you promote from within, that you're promoting only yes men, that you're promoting people who are comfortable with you but also won't challenge you. But 
the the reality is that nobody knows really who is a yes man and who isn't. We we don't know. Sean Ryan may have left because he was challenging too hard. I I don't know. I mean, or not challenging hard enough. Or not challenging hard enough. Uh, I think the real reason Sean Ryan left was because I don't think anybody believed in the building that Sean Ryan was going to ever grow within the coaching staff. And he may not have liked that. And so he took an opportunity where maybe there's an opportunity for him to grow. Um, he left a good opportunity for a average opportunity. I do like Matt Stafford. I, I think he's a great quarterback. I think with the right quarterback coach and the right system, I think he could be what this was like five years ago. Matthew Stafford was lighting the league on fire. I mean, he has a cannon of an arm. Yeah, but they've been saying this Carl Smith move was in, in the works for over a month. Well, so I mean, it's it, one of those things where I think it's another time where the Texans let somebody go gracefully, even though even though Deshaun Watson did improve this year. If that's how you're going to judge a quarterback coach, you judge them based on their quarterback. There must have been something going on where they're like, yeah, this isn't exactly the improvement we wanted. It may have been just the simple he couldn't pick up the blitz whenever it was a corner blitz. We really don't know. We just know that from Carl Smith himself, they began talking as soon as the uh, season was over. He said he wanted to get back into – coaching quarterbacks and here he is there it is and maybe sean ryan was going to get bumped back down because i think he originally was either a receivers or a tight ends coach before he took over the quarterbacks it was he was a positional coach maybe they were going to move him back around and he he didn't want that yeah well and i can understand that if that's the case you typically don't want to take a step down when you are looking to step up so a lateral move makes most sense for him in his career um, I, I do want to go back a second. So when we were talking about Tim Kelly, uh, if you watch the development of our rookie tight ends last year, even though that they didn't get a ton of targets, when they were on the field, they were making a difference. Who do you think that was that was coaching those tight ends? It was Tim Kelly. So even though he has a short amount of time on the offensive side of the ball, we saw him. I would say, maybe this is overstating it, but I think in the Bill O'Brien era, I think that was the best use of our tight ends or, or the best tight ends that we've had on the field in a tandem, even during the prime C.J. Fedorowicz-Ryan Griffin um, era. And that's without them That's with them being a rookie and without them being targeted by Deshaun. So, I don't know. I, I, I think there's more hope in Tim Kelly, and I think the Carl Smith move really helps. I think it's going to give him the ability to be able to continue to learn the offense and, and make the necessary improvements to the offense we need so um all right brian cushing let's get to this i like the move <laughs> there's a I, I think it's funny that everybody's like oh well let's test the whole locker room for peds because he's just going to be handing them out like candies uh if anybody knows anything about this team brian cushing is a freaking gym rat yeah, he was essentially a male cheerleader for the past two last two years of his career. Right. Like, no offense to him because he could crush me into tiny little pieces. Sure. But that's what he he really was a raw raw guy on and off the field, but it was in a very bro bro manner. And I I don't understand. And I the part that is crazy to me and it makes me sad for Twitter is people are equating Cushing taking PEDs to Kareem Hunt beating up a woman. Hmm. Wow. Well, that makes sense. It's Twitter. So we uh, we should sign Kareem Hunt 
because Cushing was forgiven. Yes, I, I, I didn't even see that, and that's just frustrating to even hear. Two, yeah, two totally that, different things. That, that just... One you know, being far worse than the other. That broke my head. And even regardless about Cushing's past, if, even if he did take PEDs, all that means is he pretty much how PEDs work is they just let you recover quicker to get back in the gym quicker. Well, John, let's be, you... let's be clear. He did PEDs. Yeah, he probably did. No, no, no there's, a... there, John, there's no probably. Did you see the transformation of his body from his, before he joined the team to when he joined the team? Okay. I he, mean, he, he turned into the freaking rock his rookie year. Okay. Granted, he no, he was pretty jacked even in high school, so he probably started way back when. But again, he could break me into a little bit of pieces. And all I'm saying is that why you're is being guys... so timid about it? You don't want to what? run. In, you don't want to run into him at a Houston bar and him be like, "Oh, bro, you said that I've been taking PEDs my whole life." Is that why you're a little timid to say that he did PEDs? No, I just don't like to judge people I don't personally know. Hmm. I, I, I mean, he was suspended twice. Like he was, and I mean, I mean, I love Kush. I love Kush. That that is between him and whatever. I don't know. But I'm not going to come out and say that because even when he was suspended, it wasn't for like straight up anabolics or HUG or something. Oh like no, that. no, no. However, besides my 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 point is the guys that take PEDs are just because they love the gym. Sure. Because they want to get back in the gym and they want to be able to yeah lift more in the gym. That's essentially all I'm trying to say is because all it does is it helps you work out longer and work out more. Right. And shrink your pee pee. And hey, I mean that. Maybe he needed his, that. That's his own business, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Some guys maybe they want to shrink their PP. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't know. I like it. I mean, the guy's a. He's a. Like you said, he's a gym rat. Like he works out. I, he he knows what he's doing. I think I can understand like the 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 like upset people if he was like the head of strength and conditioning. Like then, yeah, I think that that would be a bit much. But he's not. He's just an assistant. So I don't really think there's anything to be up in arms about, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's just a rah-rah guy, and now they're giving him a check to be a rah-rah guy. That's all. Whoop-dee-doo. It's a smaller check than they used to give him for being a rah-rah guy. Yeah, and I'm with it. And and not only that, like, those players respect him. Those pl- The players like him. The players know him. Like, it, it's it's it's. I think it's going to be a good thing for them. But I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I don't really put too much into Brian Cushing being hired. I don't see much of an impact being made on the field. So I don't really see a reason to be worried about it, I guess is my point. I think it's just minimal. Yeah. Stare face, blank face. Fantastic. Oh, I didn't, re- I didn't realize that was a question. I don't know. Just a, like, it was uh, like a statement question. Like, Oh, I mean, I don't we're, we're We've spent five, 10 minutes now on our assistant strength and conditioning coach. I, I had moved on. Well, it's Brian Cushing. Yeah. So I mean, he's a top Whatever. five player in this, on this team all time. Yeah, that I mean, we're not an old team, so right. So get, right now, though, <laughs> <laughs> we get that's the other thing that kind of frustrates me when people are like, "Look at how mediocre this franchise has been. Look at where we're at compared to other expansion teams." Like, chill the fuck out. People. Well, yeah, but you also got Jacksonville, who went to the Super Bowl. What third year in? They didn't go to or the Super to Bowl. the AFC they, Championship. They went to the AFC Championship, and the Panthers went to the NFC Championship, both in their second year. Yeah. And then they completely fell apart after that. But the NFL did not let us do the expansion draft in the same manner that the Jags and the Panthers did because they had so much success so quickly 
So they handicapped both the Texans and the, the new Browns. And so if you're really going to compare us, uh, just compare us to the new Browns. Yeah, I'll take the Texans uh, last 17 years over the Browns. <laughs> yeah, and we've been dealing with the same handicaps they have, started from the same spot they did, and we're much better off than they were. And I would even argue compared to even the Jaguars, even though they had that initial success, that as a franchise we're healthier than they are. Yeah, that's fair. I would agree. All right, moving on. Anything else you want to talk about on the coaches? No, I mean, we finally have uh, – we've moved up from being at the bottom of the league in the amount of coaches we have. It was a net positive of three additional coaches. So hopefully that will kind of spread out the work a little bit. Which is something we've been talking about for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, I'm at this point it's just excited to see. Hopefully they run their practices a little bit more efficiently. Even though Bill O'Brien this, – it's the strangest thing. Bill O'Brien got all the compliments in the world from the Senior Bowl – about how they were talking uh, at last year's Senior Bowl, or not this past one, but the year before, because he didn't coach it this year's, um, about how efficient he was at running practices and getting the most out of the players that he had there when you saw when a bunch of scouts actually got to watch the practices. But then Steven Anderson, did you see what he said about uh, Texans practices? No. They're laid back, and they take days off, and um, they rest up. He's like, Bill O'Brien towards the end of the uh, training camp would be like, all right, guys, we're one down. We're getting ready. Rest up before the game. And then he goes to the Patriots and he's like, the Patriots are like, work, 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 work. He's like, that's the biggest difference. Makes sense. That's kind of surprising. Hmm. Hey, can you uh, touch on the whole Brian Hoyer thing that we were talking about the other day? Cause I, I didn't know about that until you mentioned it to me. Oh yeah. One of the, uh... so there was an, not an interview, but a story out about, I think it's one of, I want to say, oh, shoot. It's one of the guys from the flagship. It's not Vandermeer. So, I think it was John Harris who met up with um, Brian Hoyer down in Florida uh, around the Senior Bowl. Same thing. Or no, not the Senior Bowl. Around, not, not the Super Bowl. No, it was the awards dinner. The oh, NFL awards. okay. Yeah, we have NFL honors. Okay. NFL honors. And he sat there and he had a conversation and they were just kind of talking. And he's like, he was trying to kind of get a little bit more information out of Hoyer about the split on play column. And he's like, no, no, that was just Bill O'Brien taking the heat off of uh, Godsey. He's like, man, I wish Bill had called the plays. He was like, but he was just trying to give um, Godsey some breathing room. So that's why he was saying that he was calling the plays. So he wasn't actually ever calling the plays, according to Hoyer. And then strangely enough, Hoyer also said, they asked him, it's like, well, what type of coach do you think Hoy or Bill O'Brien's going to be? Do you think he's kind of capped out? And Hoyer's like, no, 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 he's going to win a Super Bowl. Hmm. So this is a guy that most Texans fans had assumed that Bill O'Brien just threw Hoyer under the bus. He's, like, he's the reason that we got blown out against the Chiefs. So if anybody would have any motivation to really talk shit and to really speak their mind about Bill O'Brien, but this is more of not an off-the-record conversation, but just like a casual conversation between him and a radio host. Hmm. So Interesting. I think that's kind of telling. No, yeah. I mean, it, it's just funny because nobody is privy to the conversations that go on over at NRG. So it's like you just really just don't have an idea on what, what the conversations are, what's being said, who's doing what. 
And Bill O'Brien's never going to come out and tell us everything because that's just not who he is. So it sucks because we have like basically no true pulse, even with Pat. Like there's Pat will Pat Pat said it multiple times. Like when he talks about the Texans or when he writes about the Texans, he tries to put it in the, the perspective of what he thinks the Texans will do. But even he has absolutely no idea what the Texans are doing or thinking or or how things are structured. And uh, it's going to be that way as long as Bill O'Brien's here. I don't know if that'll change when we get a new head coach at some point. But right now, that's how it's going to be, and that's how it's likely going to stay. Yeah, I mean, Pat Starr is probably the most embedded of any of the guys that follows the Texans. But they're so tight-lipped that he's wrong all the time. When he tries to predict how things are going to work or what thoughts are going to work or what thoughts are going on or who's doing what, he is wrong all the time. And he is right way more than just about anybody else out there. Yeah. So that's just to kind of put it in perspective. The Texans have taken that from New England where they want to be as secretive as possible. They just kind of view it as a competitive advantage if other people know what's going on, if other people know their drama. Like they view that as a disadvantage huh. and for as much, as much shit as Bill O'Brien gets his players, even his former players still love the man. So that, that says something. Yeah. What about TJH? Do we want to talk about that at all? I like it. I mean, it's another, it's another, another offensive the assistant. Room. Yep. Yeah. And he's, he's and respected. He's yeah, he's respected and he's played. And, I mean, we love TJ. Love TJ. But let's be honest here. He really didn't have the physical tools to play quarterback in the NFL. So he had to be a little bit mentally quicker than than other guys that are a little bit as, um, I don't want to say not a good athlete because he's obviously a good athlete, but just not quite where he where you need to be in the NFL. Sure. So usually those are the type of quarterbacks that end up being great, great coaches, uh, like Frank Reich, for example. Yeah. Um, Jay Gruden, for example. Quarterbacks that are just good enough to make it to the NFL, but not quite physically there. Yeah, I like uh, I like the TJ Yates thing for a couple of reasons. One, he's, he is really smart. He's, he's mentally tough. Uh, he, he understands the game from an X's and O's standpoint. And then secondly, he has a good relationship with Deshaun um, I almost think that because of Sean Ryan's relationship with Deshaun this was kind of like a okay we're taking away Sean but here we're also adding TJ so here's here's somebody that you know and you're comfortable with in the quarterback room that can help you that you can lean on that you can have those conversations with um, since we basically took away that guy from you and Sean Ryan so um, I like the move I mean I love TJ we all love TJ I mean he's the Bengal killer worst case scenario we fire him as a as an assistant coach and sign him the day we play the Bengals if we if we need to. So um it, that's always in our back pocket. If we ever got to play the Bengals again, we could just fire him and sign him. Uh all right, let's get to free agency a little bit. I don't want to get too much into free agency cuz we are about 4 weeks away from the like opening uh, what is it that that two day was it? Two, yeah, it's like a two day period where negotiations can proceed. Um, I was messing with over the cap, and I wanted to get some thoughts from you on this, John. 
So right now, I believe we have $68 million in cap space. That's without any moves. If we're going to cut Demarius Thomas and Kevin Johnson, which I think Demarius Thomas is more of a sure thing than Kevin Johnson. I do think that there's a chance that we kind of do like what we did with Whitney, where Whitney wasn't really performing and we gave him like a, I don't know, it was a really team-friendly deal. This this won't be anywhere to that level. It'll be like a probably take that $9 million and cut it in half and, over and spread it out over two years if we were to keep Kevin Johnson because he is a first-round talent. But let's say that we cut Demarius Thomas and Kevin Johnson. That puts us at $86 million. Now, John, let me ask you this. Do you think that there's a chance that we cut Whitney? No. You don't think there's a chance at all? No, none at all. Even though we don't use him? <laughs> no, he's not going anywhere. Okay. All right. Well, then forget the next one. Uh, what about Lamar Miller? Maybe. Okay. So I think that there's a chance we cut Lamar Miller. I don't think that we will for sure. I think a lot of it has to do with who's available in the draft. Um, let's go ahead and get ahead of this now. Le- Le'Veon Bell is not being signed by the Houston Texans. So for all you people reading every single clickbait ar- article that's out there, bold prediction. The Houston Texans will sign Le'Veon Bell for $14 million a year. No, it's not happening. We're not signing him for $10 million a year. We're not signing. I doubt we'll sign a free agent running back, to be honest with you. And if we do, it'll be a mid-tier running back. It won't be anything special. So unless there's just some something crazy that happens where maybe like Tevin Coleman, maybe the running back market isn't what they're hoping it'll be. Maybe we get like a Tevin Coleman for like $5 million a year, something like that. But outside of that, I expect this stable of running backs to be pretty much identical the next from last year maybe blue is replaced maybe but not likely either oh i know i know but (laughs) you know how bill o'brien loves his versatile guys and he loves he loves him some alfred blue dude yeah we're there's gonna be another running back added to the roster yes i just i don't know if it'll be through free agency or the draft or practice squad uh but there's a reason why Bill O'Brien mentioned that running back at the at the end of your conference. Ferguson? Yeah, there's You the, really like, think so. Why would he have brought him up? Like he hasn't brought him up all year. And out of nowhere he just decides when he ends the year that he brings up Ferguson and that he likes him on the practice squad. That's that's strange. That's not a Bill O'Brien thing. No, but there's going to be an, yeah, it's not going to be him. Okay. Well, that's fine. If it's if it's him it won't be blue. You mean so. we'll keep four? Next year, I can see us keeping four. They've yeah. used, they've other than we've always kept. Well, Buddy Howell would be the fourth, mm-hmm. and he was too good on special teams. Maybe Buddy Howell replaces uh, Alfred Blue. That would make sense. I mean, he he's the special teams ace now. I mean, he was he was definitely good on special teams. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the move. Buddy Howell replaces Alfred Blue. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, but there's gonna be a there's gonna be a running back that is not currently on our roster on our roster. Okay, and so it's not going to be Ferguson. So this is supposed to be free agency, but I want to ask you, who's your favorite running back in the draft? I won't have one until after the combine. Oh, okay. Okay, Lance. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure thing, buddy. Uh, Mike Mayock over here. Oh, well, mine yeah. is mine is David Montgomery. Really? I really like the way he runs. I, if he if he runs under a four five, I like him, but he's apparently slow. 
we'll, we'll see. So we'll see if he runs under four five, he'd probably be my favorite. Um, just eyeball test. I, I do like him. I like Josh Jacobs and I like, uh, oh, Devin you like Singletary. Josh, you like, Oh, Devin Singletary. Okay. Yeah. I really like Devin Singletary actually. Yeah. Especially for when you could get him. Um, I've seen a lot of mocks taking us, having us take Bryce love in the fifth. Um, two years ago, he actually looked like he was a player last year. I don't, I mean, he was just slowing. He was slowing drastically down by injuries. So maybe. Yeah. But we're, I, you know, I said last year we would draft a running back, and I was completely wrong. And we should have. We definitely should have. This year, I just we can't make that same mistake again, right? I mean, I don't know. It, it's all based on the needs of this team. I mean, it could be oh, offensive line, corner, offensive line, corner, defensive line, corner, offensive line. Like, there's a real. I don't know. We'll we'll get more into that with Jordan Reed, uh, who's coming on the podcast uh, March fifth. But um, and if you guys aren't haven't like heard his new podcast, you should just go to Twitter, find Jordan Reed, and then listen to his podcast. This guy's incredibly smart when it comes to um, comes to the draft process and scouting. But all right, so let's go back to free agency. So we all know now that Le'Veon Bell, because we said it, is not going to be signed by the Houston Texans. Some team is going to throw him stupid money to throw him stupid money. So if we end up having $86 million in cap, John, where do you see them spending that money? Do you see a big name at all? No. Okay, so I don't either. Okay, so we're on, this, we're on, the, we're on the exact same playing field right now. I see a very similar free agency from last year. Yeah, I think that that's pretty much what we should expect. Um, there may be one player that they identify that they will actually bid on, like Soldier last year. But I think other than that, they're just going to look for a lot of mid-level guys. And I honestly, I prefer that. <laughs> We've talked about at length how the Patriots have the most players that are between their um, third and fifth year. More players than any other team in the league. I think there's some teams in the league that you can take two of them and combine them, and the Patriots still have more. Part of the reason they're able to do that is because Brady's contract is absolutely ridiculous. The man cares more about winning than getting paid because he's married to a billionaire. Okay, Dak Prescott. (laughs) Dak Prescott? Yeah, you didn't hear his comments this week? I did not. Yeah, so I, he was asked about his contract and what's going on. And he's and he says, uh, you know, you, somebody asked him, like, are you going to do what's similar to Tom Brady and, and do a team-friendly deal? And he says, no man's wife makes what Tom Brady's wife makes. Um, if, if, I was, if I didn't have to be the breadwinner like Tom and similar to his situation, I would be able to do that. But that's not my contract situation. Okay, fair enough. I mean, but yeah, when I mean Tom Brady makes more money through endorsements than he does than the NFL, and his wife is probably legitimately a billionaire. They don't really have to worry about any money, so he can he play he gets paid just enough, and that's what allows the Patriots to do a lot of the things that they do going after veterans, and that is probably one of their biggest just unfair advantages because nobody else is going to do what Brady does. We love Deshaun. Deshaun's not going to do that. 
We all know he's not going to do that. I hope that they can come up with a creative way to fix the salary cap so teams don't end up spending all their money on their quarterback, which ends up kind of handcuffing them, where you get in a situation where you're entirely too thin if your quarterback goes down or if you're anybody else on your roster goes down. Yeah. But we'll see. And I just – I think Gain right now, he's going to continue to go after mid-level guys. We're not going to – we're not getting Le'Veon Bell. No. I think the biggest name we may potentially get is somebody like Tevin Coleman. And they seem to favor youth over older veterans. So even if players get cut, I wouldn't get my hopes up too high. Um, I wouldn't, I'm more interested to see how he approaches this draft. If he's going to be trading back, trying to get more picks, or if they're going to be aggressive trying to go forward and just kind of see, I mean, we had a lot more depth this past year than we've had in years past. And still we're relatively thin at some positions. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do this year. Yeah. Um, so for everybody, just so everybody knows, February 19th is the day that teams can designate the franchise tag um, and the transition tag on players. So just so everybody's aware of the dates. So that would be, uh, I believe, next Wednesday or Tuesday that um, we can likely see some clowny news. Um so with with that being said about free agency, um, I, I think I think if we splurge on any player or any position, I do think it'll be cornerback. Um, only because it, it is a it is a real like it's a true need. I honestly would put the cornerback position above, as far as from a need standpoint, above the offensive line. I think our corners are so old, John, and not good that I think I could see us signing like a Bradley Roby or a Ronald Darby. What are you talking about? Not good. Both uh, Kareem Jackson and Jonathan Joseph are the two top rate rated cornerbacks in the, uh, the AFC South In the AFC South by pro pro football focus. Yeah, Kareem Jackson's a safety. Why are, you, why are you trying to tell me they're not good, dude? Well, let me tell you this. Did you also know that Ben Jones was the fifth ranked center in uh, the AFC South? Fifth ranked center. There's only four teams in the AFC South, just so everybody's clear. There are four better centers in our division. Just throwing that out and there. He was a pair, and he was also our best offensive lineman. So yeah. what does that have to say? I honestly, uh, a lot runs through him. I think I think he'll be fine if we could just add some pieces to it. But um, I do think that corner will be the position if we do splurge at all on the free agent market. I think it'll be on a cornerback for the second year in a row. I mean, we did it with Colvin. Um, the most interesting thing, and it's, and it's something that we've all talked about and is going to continue to be talked about outside of – Jadavian, which we'll get to here in a minute, um, is the Kareem Jackson Honey Badger debate. Um, Texans cap seems to think that the Texans are going to sign Honey Badger and let Kareem walk. I really hope that's not true. I really don't want to see Kareem go play safety for another team because I think that will be harder to swallow than watching another player leave and do well because we've had him for so long and we literally got four months of him playing his best ball at a position that we've been saying he should be in for the last four years. And we basically gave a team a safety by playing him at safety. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would rather keep Kareem than, than honey badger. But if you look at the numbers and you look at the age, I can see the argument. 
I I mean, we can't keep both. Do you think there's and a scenario I, where we do? Like like given that we have so much money in cap and we don't splurge in free agency, do you think that maybe just maybe that's what we do? I think it's possible, but I mean, I hate to say it, but there's better safeties out there than Honey Badger. Why do you hate to say it? Because effects effect. I mean, they're free agents this year. There's a ton of them. Yeah, it's just the the safety market is incredible this year. This is the year that if you need a safety, you can go sign one. Yeah, and I I mean I love Honey Badger like as a player to watch, but. At the same time, he relies so much on instincts and that little bit of quickness now that it's gone, he's just, it doesn't even matter how good his instincts are. He just can't get there. Yeah. And I don't know, man. It's like, I would love for us to bring both of them back, but then, then that's just going to put us in a position where we continue to play one of them out of position. Yeah, basically you're you're keeping the crutch there if you have both. Which is kind of why I see them doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I view Kareem as more of a hybrid player and Honey Badger is more of a tweener. Uh, yeah, like he, Kareem Kareem can legitimately play corner, he can legitimately play safety. Now, he's frustrating at corner because he can't play man at all right. anymore. He just can't. But if you keep the ball in front of him, then he's he's a great tackler and he can cover well enough in his zone concept. Honey Badger, too small to cover tight ends, too slow to really cover like an X receiver. And his probably best at playing essentially a um as a small linebacker but he's not quite big enough to, to do that consistently. And he's not that great of a tackler. No, he's... He's average. He's just fine as a tackler. He's not going to wow you. It's when he's there, when he shouldn't be there, is when he's at his best. Yeah. And, again, I, I like Badger. I'm glad we had him this year. He's, a, he's fun as a fan to watch but he's just not quite the player that he even used to be. Maybe another year of being healthy, but this would be two years in a row that he played almost every snap. So I don't know if he can get get to where he was. Yeah. I think that's why I believe that we will sign a, a marquee free agent cornerback because if one of them walks and say we keep – no matter who we keep, you basically now have Kevin John or. Aaron Colvin and Jonathan Joseph are your only two corners. And I just don't see them going into the season with those two corners and then two other, three other really drafted corners. It doesn't, it just doesn't seem like the smart play. And then you talk about like, they'd rather have youth than the veteran guy. Bradley Roby's coming off of his five years rookie deal in Denver. I th- I just think that I wouldn't be surprised if we're we're in the Bradley Roby conversations. It's that's my thought. All right, let's get to Clowney. Um, 
uh, this will probably be the last talk we have about Clowney until he is franchised. Um, but I wanted to get your opinion on what you think happens prior to the franchise tag deadline. So that's next week. What does your gut tell you that the Texans front office does with Jadavian? Oh, he just gets franchised next week. You think that's it? That's it. And then, want... and then we sign him long term. Yeah, we'll sign him long term, and it'll be right at the deadline once everybody else signs. It's okay. going to be, what was it? Somebody pointed out the other day, and I think it was Texans cap, where he was talking about remember when that one year with all the receivers and everybody signed right at the end. Yeah. That's what's going to happen again. That's. Are you talking about with Demarius Thomas, AJ Green, and Des Bryant? Right. That makes sense. There's a lot. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen this year. And y'all, Jadavian Clowney's not going anywhere. If we let him walk, every single other team in the league would try would try and sign him. Um, Yeah. He's he's just he's not going anywhere. I agree. I agree. I agree. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. This isn't even me. This isn't me being a homer. This isn't me being a South Carolina grad. There's no reason for him to go anywhere. This is just straight up. Someone like Clowney, you don't let them walk. And yeah, that's it. If you have to pay him the same amount of money as you have to pay Mac, then, well, guess what? You have more money to spend this year than they did last year. So it's not even the same percentage of your cap money. Yeah. So don't get too worried about it. And you know what? Next year, the cap will go up again. Yeah. And the year after that, the cap will go up again. And we got a couple of years before we have to worry about Deshaun. So let's just get the best talent we can around him. Because you're not going to find a player like Clowney in free agency. No. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, couldn't have been said any better. Um, he's going to sign a long-term deal. And he's going to be with us yep. for a long time, and and I think a lot of the move, like that move of the Texans, of after basically rescinding paying him outside linebacker money and then paying him defensive end money, just shows that like we could have fought this, we're not going to fight this, like we want you here, so here uh, here's another two million. Um, after the grievance was filed, and I think that's going to be the. I, I just think that's a very telling sign that the Texans want Jadavian Clowney here. Uh, Bill O'Brien said it at the end of his press conference. There, it was like the only player that he truly mentioned that he made a point to let everybody know <laughs> that he wants him back and that they're going to work on it. So, And if anybody knows anything, Bill O'Brien doesn't give any information unless he wants to get it out there. So we'll see, but I agree. I think he'll be franchised. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's signed. Maybe not even franchise, but we'll see. Um, cool. All right. So let's get to uh, some of the one of the exciting things that happened this weekend that I, I actually didn't get to take part in at all because I was crazy busy. So I think this will be good for you. But the American Alliance Football uh, League started this weekend, and I got to see some highlights. Um, I was busy watching the Philadelphia. Um, Laker uh, Sixers Laker game instead but what did you think John I mean this is this is what you've been asking for for the two years that we've been doing this is having a developmental league where players can go and develop and refs can go and develop and we saw a resurgence in Trent Richardson who nobody's heard from in two years (laughs) 
Uh, I mean, what did you think of the league itself, and, and did you watch any of the games? Yeah, I watched a whole bunch of the games. Oh, did uh, you? To tell you the truth. Yeah. I, it's exactly like watching the uh, the fourth game in the NFL preseason. Same players and everything. Um, except, you know, they're not wearing your team's colors. And they're really, yeah, they're really trying to win. <laughs> yeah, and they are trying to win. They are playing their asses off. You know, it, they play a good pace of game. The game just goes. Um, the rules that the they've only made some minor rule changes, but it's all about pace of play. And I mean, in my opinion, it works. There's less commercials. You don't even realize that the kickoff's not there until you stop and think about it. It is a little bit different. Um, they always have to go for two, which is awesome. And then if they onside kick it, it's a uh, it's a fourth and twelve. And I, I'm surprised more teams didn't try it. Because that would have been cool to see. And then it makes you kind of appreciate the NFL product because these players were all better than college players. It's better than the college game. But how hard it is to play quarterback and play receiver in the NFL really stands out because the defensive players are so much quicker and the windows are so much smaller. So it's it's nice to watch. It's a really they've done a great job uh they have all these old coaches which kind of actually sucks but the reason they did it is so it's to bring um what is the word bring credibility to the league all these guys that they talked out of retirement to come coach a couple of probably for a year or two they're only there to bring credibility to the league i think after the league's been established for a year or two you'll start to see younger coaches and that's when it'll be a lot of fun to watch. The rules are kind of set up to encourage scoring because they want players to go out there and throw the ball around. They want it to be a quarterback developmental league. And then it's also been smart how closely they've aligned themselves with the NFL. It's no risk for the NFL. They're like, Hey, you get to try all these rules that we've been talking about forever, but we'll, we'll never do. Um, You get to develop our players. You're doing it after our season's over. And the NFL hasn't had to pay a dime for it. I think the the Alliance of American Football, what they're trying to do is align themselves with the NFL. So hopefully the NFL will buy them out in a few years. So like you were saying, if there's a way to buy stock or buy into the AAF, it might be a good idea. Uh, but I mean, honestly, my biggest complaints right now is you can tell the same graphic design firm designed all the logos. And jerseys. Cause, yeah, because they all look, they're all incredibly generic. It's like the generic uh, create your own Madden team. Yeah. Oh. And it's because the same person probably designed all of them. Sure. Or let each franchise um, have their own unique personality would have been kind of cool. And I, while I appreciate and I love Steve Spurrier, again, as a South Carolina fan, you, I wish they would have gotten younger coaches out there. I, some of these guys really see what they can and cannot do to – really kind of give it more of a merit meritocracy, but I get it. I mean, if you're a decent college coach, why would you leave your job for a league that may not be anywhere in a couple of years? Same if you're an assistant, why would you? So I get it. So hopefully that's where they actually spend some money is get some coaches that are younger as these guys kind of phase out, but it's fun. If you haven't watched it, watch it. I'm going to be a, a commander's fan, I guess, San Antonio. It's weird for me to go for anything for San, San Antonio. Should we go to a I game? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the tickets aren't expensive at all. I haven't looked. So, How much are they? 
Um, you can get like in the corner um, for like twenty five bucks. What about like prime seats? Uh, two fifty. It's not bad. No. I mean, I would have paid that for that league, but I'm not paying two fifty four. <laughs> but I, I'll pay twenty five dollars. Yeah, absolutely. I'll maybe pay a little people. more than that. Yeah, thirty thousand dollars or thirty thousand is a pretty decent crowd. We can take the kids and they can act crazy and who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'll drive an hour and a half to go to go to the Alamo Dome and, and watch it. I mean, it it was entertaining. There I, were some hits. I definitely, yeah, I definitely. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. I recommend it. It's only going to get better as these guys kind of play with each other a little bit more. Um, I this is going to be the worst season they have. It's going to get better every year. So just jump in, be a part of the inauguration. It's kind of watching say major league baseball made triple a baseball up tomorrow. This is essentially what happened. Yeah. And what else are you going to do? I mean, regular season basketball, I'm a Rockets fan, but I mean, it's regular season basketball. Well, that's all I Seriously. have to look forward to. So I watch <laughs> my team signed LeBron James and he doesn't care. So <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. Um, yeah, no, I, I like I like that it's there. I think it's going to work out really well. Um, I wouldn't put too much stock into the the ratings aspect that people are talking about right now. Those will drop. Um, the XFL also like pre like premiered at a very very high spot its first weekend, and then it completely fizzled out. Now I don't expect it to be to the levels that the XFL fizzled out because that was just a bad product. But I don't expect them to compete with the primetime NBA games every weekend. I, I don't think that that'll be the case, but I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, it is football in America, so maybe, just maybe, but um, I, I like that the league's here. I, I think it is good for, there's a lot of Texans to watch, like ex-Texans all over the place. Um, and it gives you another thing to watch on Saturday and Sunday to fill that void. It's a 12-week season, so um, find your team. I'm actually not a Commanders fan. I'm a Fleet fan, just because... San Diego doesn't have a team at all, so that's all they have left is the San Diego fleet. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a Commanders fan, but I'm probably going to go for the Apollos a whole bunch. Where are they from? Uh, Orlando. They've got Spurrier coaching. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. And they, they were fun to watch. <laughs> it was a 90s offense, straight out of the 90s, and it worked. <laughs> It was awesome. It was great. That's hilarious. And I honestly, uh, when they had floated the idea of us being the Houston Apollos, I thought it was the worst idea. I just, I did not, I did not like that as a team name. But for some reason in this league, the Orlando Apollos just work. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm actually going to be, I, I got it set to record to watch this weekend. So I'll definitely be, be tuning in. Um, all right. So, quick rundown on what we can expect. So um, for the rest of the off season, I think me and John are going to switch for the next couple weeks to an every other week podcast, just because right now there's not a ton to talk about after the combine, things will start to pick up and that's probably when we'll start to get back to normal. Uh, And then as free agency starts and then the draft rolls around and then we got rookie training camps and things like that. So uh, probably won't hear another podcast for two weeks. And then after that, we'll get right back into the swing of things and the way that they should be. Uh, we do have interviews lined up. Uh, Jordan Reed, Lancer line, um, Bill O'Brien at some point, Jordan Palmer at some point. And then also uh, Dane Brugler uh, looks like he's working on it now to see if he can come on 
uh, as well uh, before the draft. So he said after the combine that we should touch base. So uh, there will be some stuff going on. We just have some things that we got to figure out and, and work on outside of uh, the podcast. And this kind of gives us a chance to catch up on being good at our jobs outside of uh, the podcast. So we can catch up on the responsibilities as adults that we have. But um, with that being said, John, anything else? No, that's about it. That's about it. All right, cool. Well, guys, you can follow us on Twitter at HoustonFBPod. You can follow us on Instagram at HoustonFBPod. You can go to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. You can join our Discord, uh, which is on our website at TexansUnfiltered.com. And... Yeah, find our podcast anywhere. Literally, just type in Texans Unfiltered on any of your podcast platforms, and we will be there. And with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold, signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys in two weeks. Just perfectly blessed with a style that you can't F with. Protection recommended, because code a definition of a weapon that can end it. You know, mass destruction when I mash the button. I take your favorite major rapper, left them independent. Crying in the corner, because I ain't in the sorta. Kinda dissing niggas, I'm borderline addicted to slaughter. Line up niggas in order of who you think can really fuck with me most. Then I took the he close if he don't duck then he ghosts ain't no need for discussion if they won't talking about the bread these motherfuckers be toast clap at the fake deep rappers the og gatekeep rappers the would you take a break please rappers bunch of words and ain't saying shit i hate these rappers especially the amateur eight week rappers lil whatever just another short bus rapper fake drug dealers turn tour bus trappers napoleon complex you this tall rappers get exposed standing next to six four rappers the streets don't fuck with you, you pitchfork rappers Chosen by the white man, you hit store rappers I reload the clip, then I hit more rappers With that straight shitting on these piss poor rappers I'm back <laughs> Never knew a nigga that was better Revenue, I'm good at getting cheddar Reminisce on days I didn't eat If it's meant to be, then it'll be If it's not, then fuck it, I'ma try Ain't no need to ask the father why no mm. Cause one day everybody gotta die One day everybody gotta die, oh One day everybody gotta die, one day everybody gotta die, my nigga.